the Lord is my shepherd. I'm looking at the camera while I'm doing the Bible verse. Okay, good. Why are you looking at the camera? Oh, too? okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lay down in green branches. He leads me in quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me a path of righteousness for His name today. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know it will for your with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. Surely, surely, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now my head, you anoint my head with oil. Surely. My cup. My cup, okay. My cup overflows. Surely, yes. Surely, goodness will follow me all the days Surely of my life. goodness and love. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. I like that, because if I mess up, all you're going to remember is her, so <laughs> it'll be good, it'll be good. Uh, my name is Dale Lewis, and I get to uh, the pleasure of uh, sharing with you uh, from the Word of God this morning. Uh, one of my uh, favorite stories is all about a shepherd who was herding his flock out in a remote pasture when suddenly this uh, brand new Mercedes SUV came roaring up out of a cloud of dust toward him, and and, and uh, slams on his brakes, the driver, a young man in a fancy suit, designer sunglasses, he leans out of the window and he asks the shepherd, he says, if I, if I tell you exactly how many sheep you have in your flock, will you give me one of them? And the shepherd kind of looks the man over a little bit, he looks out at his peacefully grazing flock and kindly, or calmly answers, well sure, why not? So the young man, he parks his car. He whips out his, his notebook, connects it to the hotspot on his cell phone, and then he surfs to a, a NASA page on the, on the internet where he calls up a GPS satellite navigation system, scans the area, opens up an Excel spreadsheet with complex formulas. He sends a, an email on his iPhone, and after a few moments, he, he, he receives a response, and finally he prints out this 15-page report on his high-tech miniaturized printer that uh, then turns to the shepherd and says, you have exactly 1,586 sheep. And the shepherd says, well, yeah, that's correct. Take one of the sheep. And the shepherd watches the amused look on his face as the young man he selects one of the, the animals and he bundles it into his car. And then the shepherd says to the young man, If I can tell you exactly what your business is, will you give me my sheep back? And the man says, Well, yeah, I guess that's okay. Well, clearly, the shepherd said, You're a political consultant. He says, That's correct. But, but how in the world did you guess that? And the shepherd replied, well, there, there's no guessing required. You turned up here, although nobody called you. You want to get paid for the answer to a question I already know. And you don't know anything about my business. Now, will you give me my dog back? <laughs> yeah, as, as human beings, you know, I truly believe that we all share one thing in common. 
We want to be known. We want to be understood. We all have this, this need to belong, you know, to feel cared for. And I believe that that longing, you know, was a basic need that God placed there. And when we lack that, that basic relationship, that connection of love with our Heavenly Father, then there is this emptiness inside, you know, this feeling that there is something that is not quite right, that, that there is something that is missing, something that is broken. And the sad thing is, is that a lot of people in this world will try all kinds of ways to fill that emptiness. You know, accumulating things, you know, power, lust, drugs, alcohol, careers, you know, that, that list, it just goes on and on. But ultimately, that longing, that longing can only be filled one way. A loving relationship with the Good Shepherd. In the 10th chapter of, of John, verses 11, Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. And one of the first things that we learn about the Good Shepherd is that he knows his sheep. Take a look at verses 3 through 5. The watchman opens the gate for him, the shepherd. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him. Because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. And later on in verse 14, Jesus says, I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. There was this uh, a researcher who spent a ridiculous but eye-opening amount of time living with a bunch of shepherds in the Holy Land. His name was Tim. And he wanted to know if this shepherd knowing his or her sheep was really true. And so he asked this question of the shepherds that he met while doing his research. And, and they all assured him that they knew every single one of their sheep. One of the shepherds had a, 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 a large flock that numbered uh, close to, to 2,000. And he looked at Tim like he had lost his mind. He said, you know, I, I, of course I know my sheep. How could I be their shepherd if I don't know them? Well, Tim wasn't convinced. He, and so he pressed a little further. He said, but, but what exactly do you know about your sheep? And the shepherd replied, that I know the year each sheep was born. I know the circumstances of its birth. I know if it's broken any bones. I know which diseases it's susceptible to, which foods it doesn't digest well. I know which animals it doesn't get along with. I know its temperament. If it tends to wander or fight or follow. You know, Tim got the point. A shepherd, a good shepherd, Knows his sheep. Jesus the good shepherd. Knows his sheep. On a level. That only the son of God can. You know Jesus knew that. A, a, a common. Uneducated fisherman named Simon. Had in him the faith. And strength to overcome. You know his weaknesses. And his, his mistakes to become Peter. The rock on which Jesus would build his church. Jesus knew the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. 
That she had been married five times and was living with a man who wasn't her husband. And that she had an, an emptiness inside of her that only God's love could fill. And because Jesus knew this woman so well, he was able to challenge her to experience the love and forgiveness of God on a level she had never even dreamed of knowing. And yet, she needed that love. And she found that love through the grace of the Good Shepherd. Jesus knew the rich young ruler. He had a problem with loving his money more than he loved God. Jesus knew that young man so well. He understood that that young man would never be truly happy until he let go of his love for his money and embraced the love of God with all his heart. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verses 39 through 43, to me, you know, this is... You know, I guess what I would say is the ultimate example of how well Jesus knows and loves his sheep. In this gospel, we read one of the criminals, and this is after Jesus, is, he was crucified, remember, with two criminals beside him. And, and, and the scripture says that one of the criminals who, who hung there hurled insults at him. You know, are you not the Messiah? You know, save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Do you not fear God? He said. Since you are under the same sentence. We are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, he's done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me. That when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you. Today, you will be with me. In paradise. You know, Jesus knew the heart of that thief who was dying on the cross next to him. That thief was the only one who stood up for Jesus, defended him. He was the only one who, who seemed to truly understand who Jesus really was and is. And, and, and whose dying hope was, was that Jesus would just remember his name. When he came into his kingdom. Yeah, all the world saw was a, a pitiful, suffering criminal getting what he deserved. But Jesus saw something quite different. Jesus knew that dying man's heart well enough to know those words. They were not spoken out of fear or regret or out of selfishness but out of faith, out of love. And Jesus responded with that wonderful promise, today, you're going to be with me in paradise. You know, the world just saw a dying thief getting what they deserved. And Jesus saw a child of God worthy of being loved and filling with grace. Jesus knows his sheep. Okay? And here's the scary part. Jesus knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows your past. He knows your childhood. He knows your achievements. 
He knows the mistakes you've made. He knows your joys, your sorrows. He knows, he knows the circumstances of your birth, the bones you've broken, and who you get along with. And what temptations you're vulnerable to. He knows what you did last night. He knows what's worrying you about the week to come. He knows the condition of your heart towards him right now. Now if you're skeptical or curious or faithful, how could he be your shepherd if he doesn't know you? Jesus calls each sheep by name. And he leads them out. Yeah, that's why we're here today. Yeah, somewhere along the way, you know, Jesus called your name. And you began to follow. And in following him, you know, we, we find that more and more of that emptiness that, that is here in our hearts, it, it gets filled up with all the love and, and the grace and the joy and forgiveness that only being in the care of the good shepherd can bring us. So I've often wondered, you know, Jesus gave this invitation to all. He knows everyone this way. So why is it that not everyone responds? Now, Jesus calls us. He's done everything that he can possibly do to prove just how much he loves and, and how much he desires to be a part of our lives. But it's still, you know, it's up to us to respond to his voice, to make that decision to follow his lead. The good shepherd calls his sheep. He names them and he leads them out. But it's up to us to follow. Now, he will not force us to follow. He will not force us to accept the gift of his love. Uh, while on a guided tour of the Holy Land, the passengers on a tour bus, they had been told time and time again by the guide how the shepherd never drives the sheep like cattle, but always walks in front of them, leading them. And as the bus came around a curve, they, they looked out the window and what did they see? There was this herd of sheep that were being driven by a man. Now that freaked the tour guide out so much that he literally had the bus stopped. And he got out and he went over and he had this animated, extended conversation with the man who was driving the sheep. And finally, he, he returned to the bus with this triumphant smile on his face and he announced to all the tourists, Hey, he's not the shepherd, he's the butcher. <laughs> oh my. Jesus will not force his love and care on any of us. Jesus' love is, is a gift given freely with open hands. And it's up to us to say yes to that love. To allow that love you know, to fill our hearts, to grow us up in the grace of God. Now, not only does Jesus know us, not only does he call us, you know, but one of the other things we find out about the Good Shepherd is that he cares for his sheep personally. You know, Jesus, you know, didn't you know, stay up in heaven and, and send someone else to do what needed to be done. You know, that's what the cross is all about. His love for us demanded a personal touch 
The touch of the good shepherd. In verses 11, 14 through 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when, when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep. He runs away. In verse 14, I, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And I lay down my life for my sheep. Salvation. You know, keeping the sheep safe. That's one of the primary responsibilities of the good shepherd. You know, sheep spend most of their time, you know, out in the wilderness where, where they're likely to get lost or to be attacked by a predator. So remembering that story about the lost lamb, you know, where Jesus told the parable about the, the shepherd who had a hundred sheep, one ran away, and remember what he did? He left the 99 to go out to search for the one. Well, Tim was, you know, just curious to see, you know, is that really true? So he asked the shepherd, he said, you know, it, it, would you really leave the rest of your flock to go out and search, search for that one stray? And again, the shepherd looked at him like he was dumber than dirt. He said, of course. In all his years, he'd only had one sheep that had wandered off and he was not able to found. And that was nearly 20 years ago and it still haunted the shepherd. The hired hand will run away when the wolf shows up. Why risk his neck for someone else's sheep? But a good shepherd doesn't run from danger. In fact, he runs towards that threat to fight it with his bare hands if need be. In fact, one of the shepherds showed Tim his hands and he bore the scars of thorns and fangs. And those scarred hands spoke volumes about the love that the shepherd has for his sheep. His willingness to sacrifice it all to save his sheep. You know, scarred hands. A willingness to sacrifice it all to save. Now who does that remind you of? Jesus said the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. In my heart, I believe that Jesus came into this world for one reason. To love you. Okay? That's what this cup you know, that's what this bread is all about, amen? Yeah, I really want you to, to, to ponder this and, and hang on to this with all that you are. You know, again, in my heart, as Jesus was dying there on the, that cross with the eyes of grace, he was reaching out with his nail-scarred hands down through the years to whisper your name. Dale. Okay, I know that's not your name. Put yours in there, okay? Dale, I know you. Yeah, I know you're coming, you're going, your strengths, your weaknesses, your joys, your sorrows. And I love you. If you trust me, I have, I have all that you need. Forgiveness and grace, salvation, healing, strength, hope, joy, peace, they are mine to give. And 
I do not give as the world gives. You know, the world gives to get back. What the world gives is it's temporary, it's shallow, it's empty. But what I give, I give with my hands wide open. I give so that you may have life and have that life abundantly now and forever. There's only one shepherd who knows us personally, who calls us by name, who offers us life, the life of fullness that God created us to enjoy. The Lord is my shepherd. Who's yours? Love is not proud. Love does not boast. Love, after all, matters the most. Love does not run. And love does not hide. Love does not keep locked inside. And love is the river that flows through. And love never fails you. And love will sustain. And love will provide. And love will not cease at the end of time. And love will protect. Love always hopes. And love still believes when you don't. And love is the arms that are holding you. And love never fails you. When my heart won't make a sound. And I can't turn back around. When the sky is falling down, well, nothing is greater than this, greater than this. Because love is right here. Love is alive. Love is the way, the truth, the life. And love is a river that flows through 
And love is the arms that are holding you. And love is the place you will fly to. Because love never fails you. Yeah, let's pray together. Our gracious, loving God, Lord, uh, words, words just can't express the wonder uh, of your love uh, given to us through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we, we don't even understand the depth, uh, the power, the strength of that love and just how wonderful. And yet, Lord, we get glimpses. And every now and then, Lord, we feel that power. And Lord, we cherish that power that love. And, and Lord, we just ask now that you would reach out to each one of us and that you would just wrap your arms around us, that you would hold us close to draw us to you. Lord, help us, you know, just you know, forgive us for the times when we mess up. But, and we know that you celebrate with us the times we get it right, and we do. And Lord, we're just so thankful that your son loved us enough and he died on that cross so thankful that he is alive, he's living, he's right here with us. And through the gift of your Holy Spirit, Lord, we get to know that love in all of its fullness in our hearts. So Lord, we ask that you would bless this bread and this cup that they might be for us that wonderful living presence of your son, Jesus Christ, so that his love may take root in our lives and that that love might grow into fullness through our love for you.